as we come up to the end of November, it feels like the Christmas decorations have been in the shops for an awfully long time already. And so I wanted to introduce this episode around managing Christmas as a working mum here at the end of November so that as we come into the Christmas season, you can start to use what I'm offering here to help you to really enjoy it from now all the way through so that you start the new year feeling good, feeling energized, feeling like you really have enjoyed Christmas. Are you feeling overrun and wrung out by the juggle of being a working mum? Do you just wish that you could be calmer and more patient at work and when you come home to your family, but there are so many things that need to be done and there are so many expectations on you? Do you wish you just had the space and the time and the capacity to be able to make choices that you know would leave you feeling healthier and happier, but you just don't have any wiggle room? Welcome to the Managing Mum podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, a working mum of two with a very busy, very active life. As a qualified personal trainer and a well-being coach, and as a mum who has felt all of these things... My aim is to help you learn how to manage the juggle so that you can feel healthier and happier and lighter and you can build great relationships at work and at home and so that you can move closer to that ever-elusive work-life balance. While I may well offer suggestions such as taking a bubble bath, I'm also going to help you figure out how to do it without feeling guilty. So run that bath, tie up your mum bun and lock the bathroom door. We're learning how to juggle. I don't know about you, but I used to love Christmas. But since becoming a mum, it has become a bit more stressful than it used to be. I love the traditions that come with Christmas, and I have always been the one in my family to keep those traditions going as we've all moved out of our kind of immediate family as my parents and my siblings and we've moved into our own families everyone's got busier and there are so many more things to do during the run-up to Christmas so keeping all of these traditions going as well as doing all that requires doing for this time of year has found me not enjoying Christmas as much as I used to so I wanted to talk today about how we can really really enjoy this special time how we can not feel so flustered by it by Christmas or by any other holidays that you might celebrate in your part of the world or in your religion and how we can really make sure that we enjoy it while everybody else enjoys it too and while expectations are met and while we make sure that everything gets done and we have a lovely time doing so. Before we get started on today's episode, I'd really just love to invite you to leave a review for me on Apple Podcasts to let me know what's working for you, what's not working for you. I just so love hearing from you listeners as to whether this is having an impact, what topics you want to hear more about. Drop me a line, drop me an email if there's something in particular that you have a question about. I would love, love, love to try and answer it and really just to engage a little bit more. It is lonely sometimes when I sit here and share what I've learned and share the content. So I always love hearing back from you. So please do leave a review or drop me an email. It would be great to hear from you. But as we move into this 
conversation today around Christmas and motherhood and Christmas, I, I saw these results of a study the other day that really made me laugh. The, the study was saying that mothers are responsible for 24 jobs over the Christmas period, whereas fathers are getting away with just five. This study of 2,000 parents even found that one in 10 men admitted that they do absolutely nothing at all, leaving the entire Christmas preparation and organization to their partner, while the mums are running around doing these 24 new jobs that have come up at this period over and above the ones that they are already doing on a day-to-day basis. Oh my gosh. And while I was reading this, I was thinking about all the things that I am running around doing at the moment as we move into this Christmas season and how so much of this is actually sabotaging the joy and the meaning of what this time for me really is about. I have a very strong faith and I'm very aware that this time of year is a celebration in our family of the birth of Jesus, really being grateful for his role in in our lives. And alongside this, even for those who don't have a faith, this is generally a, a really special time or is meant to be a special time where we come together as families, where we slow down a little bit, where we enjoy each other, where we buy gifts for each other and share with one another where we eat together. And yet there is this dread that comes with Christmas for us as working mums. These 24 extra jobs that we now have to add to the ongoing struggle of keeping all the balls in the air, I think can really take the edge off the joy. And and as I've said, the real meaning of what this time of year is about. Last year was the first time that I took over the role of hosting Christmas Eve dinner from my parents' generation. And I felt the most enormous pressure in doing this because Christmas Eve dinner has always, for me, been the best part of Christmas. We have a long table with decorations and the meal is turkey and stuffing and roast potatoes and all the trimmings. We're all together and there are crackers and Christmas pudding and chat and speeches. And it's always been such fun for me. It's always been this real time of coming together. And for me, obviously, the, the, what, that term people person as I am, for us all to be together and for all the traditions to happen is just such fun for me. But last year, I found myself in the midst of all of what should have been joy just longing for it to be over. And I realized that it wasn't just about hosting that Christmas Eve dinner. It was actually just about the whole season. I mean, there were moments of it that I had absolutely loved. I watched my son be Joseph in the school play, which was just the best. Laying the table on the Christmas Eve afternoon with my family, with my dad and my brother coming to help us, anticipating the evening to come which in the end was a complete disaster because as the guests were arriving, the rain bucketed down and we had to move the whole meal inside and we had to get everybody to help us do it. So the evening kind of started off with this tension for me as I desperately tried to do everything right in order to make sure that everybody's idea or my idea of what would be a good evening would be met. 
But many of the moments of Christmas that I so love were completely overshadowed by this huge expectation that I had put on myself to make it perfect for everyone, to meet the children's expectations on Christmas morning, to meet my mum's expectations of my Christmas Eve party, to buy thoughtful gifts for everybody, to make sure that everyone was thought about, to follow through on all of those traditions, to attend every event that we got invited to, not to mention the repercussions that come with all of this kind of anxiety, this uh, this juggle, like literally eating everything in sight, letting go of my routine and the things that I know make me feel good and healthy and confident in my body and in myself. And then the rattiness that I felt that comes with with this kind of discomfort in myself, with this frustration, with this pressure and the expression of this rattiness towards my husband and towards my children. All of this taking away from what Christmas actually means for me and the joy and the excitement that I find in this time of year. So this year, I vowed to myself that I will follow these tips that I'm about to offer to see if I can really immerse myself in this period, in what it is about, in what it means to me, to really, really enjoy it rather than to long for it to be over and to get to the end of it feeling depleted and in need of a holiday, to get to the end of this year's Christmas season feeling energized, feeling ready for the new year, feeling like I've had a break, that I've had that that time with my family, with the people that I love, where we've really enjoyed each other's company rather than just gone through the motions of what Christmas should be about. So while there are a few practical tips here that can help you perhaps to feel a little bit better, I think that the trick is to choose how we want to experience the season and then to do the things that allow us to experience it in the way that we want to. So that is what number one is all about. The first step is to sit down and think about what do you want Christmas to be like this year? How do you want to feel in the season? How do you envision it playing out? Picture yourself at the end of the holiday and imagine looking back on Christmas, on all of the events of the whole season, on Christmas Day, on the moments that were important for you, and thinking that it was all that you wanted. You feel rested. You feel happy with how it all turned out. You really enjoyed it. Create, if you will, a vision board for Christmas with all of the things, the feelings, the experiences that will make it the Christmas that you want. So once we've done that, we can then start to be a little bit more practical. Number two is to look at what are the things that have to happen in order for you to feel that way. In order for the vision of the Christmas holidays that you have to be a reality. What are the things that you have to do? And what are the things that you want to do? What are some of the things that you can delegate? And perhaps also, what are some of the things that actually don't need to happen at all? Let's be realistic about this. If there are things on this list that you can't let go of because they are things that you believe need to be done by you specifically or you know don't need to be done but you can't let go of them, be curious about this. Why? Why do I feel like I have to do these things specifically? Or why can't I let go of these things? 
literally brain dump all the things you can think of in the upcoming month and slash what doesn't need to happen. And then when you are left with the final list of have to's or the final list and the final list of want to's, then we can move into step number three. And this is to allocate these tasks, all of these things that need to be done to yourself or to other people that you think can do them. I know it is difficult to ask for help and there are some episodes coming up around asking for help, why it's hard to ask for help and how we can do so. And I'm sorry that they aren't here already, but this is a really good opportunity to start asking for help, start playing around with um, with asking for help, with delegating, with being a little bit more proactive in allocating tasks to other people. So once you've allocated those tasks on your list, either to yourself or to someone else, step four is to let the people who you have allocated those tasks to know that they are being delegated these tasks and what your expectations are of them. I imagine that your partner might be the person who is taking on most of these tasks that you're giving over. So when it comes to doing this, I really recommend that you ask for a conversation around this, a time perhaps away from the children, away from anybody else. And you start off by saying that you really would like Christmas to be like X, Y and Z. And in order for this to be the case, you need some help. And could he or she take over the following tasks, A, B and C? And this is what you hope they will be able to do. Or this is how you envision or this is what your expectations are of those tasks. I know that for some people, very definitely myself (laughs) included in this, this is very difficult. It is really hard to let go of control of all the things in case it is not done right. And my question would be, when we're struggling with this, what is important about it being done right? Can you hand over the things that it's not important if they're not done right? If there are things that you can't let go of control over, that's no problem. But then use this next tip to help you here. So this is tip number five, another quite practical one. And I think that one of the most important tips for this season is to plan ahead. Whilst I have aired this episode fairly early on in the season, it might still be a bit late for this year. But from now on, start planning. Don't let things get so far down the road that you suddenly find yourself completely overwhelmed by all the tasks. Perhaps this tip should have actually gone before tip one. But I'm going to leave it here because I still think it's important to decide what you want Christmas to be, if you're going to enjoy it, and then to move into the planning of it. So now that you have the things that you are going to do and you've allocated the other tasks, get planning. Schedule the things that you have given yourself to do out. And also, my suggestion is to schedule when you're going to check up on those people who you have delegated to so that you don't suddenly find that they haven't done something and you're left in the dwang, but you're also left feeling resentful and frustrated with them because they haven't done what you asked. We do the present swapping game in our family on Christmas Eve sometimes, not always. But this game is where everybody brings a present. It's a surprise 
you have been given a person to buy for so that there's something that everybody would like. But all the presents go into the middle of the table and each person opens a present and can then swap their present with any of the other presents in the room. And it's it's just fun to see what people do and what people want and kind of the competition for these presents. Last year, I was in charge of delegating who was buying who what present and telling everybody what to expect and what to do, etc. I remember getting to two days before the event and suddenly thinking, gosh, I must check in that everybody has actually bought presents for everybody else. Because people do forget. You ask them to do something, you've got it on your radar, you've got the whole evening planned, you know exactly what's going to happen and what needs to happen, and other people don't. So I think it is really important to check in with people, remind them. So luckily I did. Two days before Christmas, I just reminded everybody, don't forget what we might call your secret Santa gift. And a few people wrote back to me and said, oh, can you just remind me who I'm buying for? And I mean, I was completely bowled over by the fact that people didn't know who they were buying for. But I also had to just remember that everybody has got things going on. Everybody is busy. Everybody can't remember all the things I've asked them to do. And so it's important to check up to make sure that people are on target, are on top of the tasks that you have delegated them. Step six is a little bit more around our emotional health, our emotional well-being in this time of year. So as you move through the plan, the plan of all the things that you have to do and the plan of checking up with other people on what they have been asked to do, notice what is happening for you. Are you enjoying this task that you're doing? If you're not enjoying it, is there a way that you could enjoy it more? I absolutely hate wrapping presents. I am not an attention to detail person. I've bought the presents. I have such fun buying the presents because I can think about the person. I can be thoughtful in that respect. But when it comes to wrapping presents, it's something that I have felt that I have to do locked up in a room all on my own, having bought all the presents myself and now feeling resentful that I have to wrap them up on my own, locked away from everybody else who's having fun without me. <laughs> so I have made a change to this. I have told my husband that we are going to be wrapping presents together. We pour a glass of wine when the children have gone to bed. We wrap presents together. We do it in whichever way we think is right. I don't control how he does it. He doesn't control how I do it. And actually, it's a really nice chance for us to catch up. It's an opportunity for me to show him what I bought everyone because I am the one who has bought everybody everything, but I want him to see what I've bought, what everybody's getting. I want him to see, I suppose, to some extent, the thoughtfulness that I've put into buying everybody's presents. I'm not really sure he enjoys the wrapping either, but it's a chance to share the load and it also brings us closer. It's a chance to enjoy actually just being together without the children, without watching TV, having an opportunity to talk to one another, to catch up with one another in amongst the chaos, the madness of the season. I do want to note on this point that buying all the presents is something I will do because this is an area that I like to have control over. And this is my choice. So I cannot get resentful with him about it. 
I can't be angry about the fact that I have had to run around buying everybody's presents because it is my choice to do so. If I had delegated that task to him, it might be a little bit different. And we have had instances where that has been the case. But in this instance, I have chosen to buy the presents myself and then I have chosen for us to wrap them together. So step seven or tip number seven If you find that you are doing something that you're not enjoying, whether it be in preparation for the holiday or an event, or whether it be actually at the event itself, be curious about what the story is in your head about what is happening here. Why am I not enjoying this? What am I feeling about it? Is there resentment or maybe some anxiety? Is there pressure? Is there something that I need to let go of here in order for me to feel better about this? Emotional states, what you might call negative emotional states, like anxiety, like resentment, like that pressure, they're exhausting. When we're in an emotional state of resentment or of feeling overwhelmed, there are all sorts of things going on in our bodies that cause us to feel depleted, Our battery, our inner battery is drained by these emotions. And we might find that even if we've had a really good night's sleep, we wake up feeling what we have in South Africa as a word, pup, kind of flat, kind of tired and worn out. If you are doing something right now and are not really listening here, I'm going to invite you to stop because this is the pivotal point that I think will help you to make changes to the way that you experience the holidays. It is in a moment when you notice that you are feeling a negative or depleting emotion, or when you are feeling overwhelmed, feeling over this, that you can think about, you can go back to that vision that you had of Christmas. How did I want to feel? about this? How did I want to feel at the end of this? Take a moment to stop. If you want to, you can be curious about why you are feeling a certain way, but that's not necessary. What we want to do is to move out of that feeling, out of that emotion into something that will allow you to enjoy this moment, will allow you your vision of what Christmas what was going to be to become a reality. So we choose to move into a different emotion or a different feeling by practicing a skill coined the breathe skill by Professor Alan Watkins, a neurosurgeon turned coach who is teaching us how to shift into a more energizing, more positive, more life-giving emotional state, changing our physiology so that we can get a different result. So the breathe skill is to breathe rhythmically, evenly, and through the heart every day. So that breathing rhythmically and evenly, breathing to a rhythmic ratio of four breaths, four counts in, four counts out, four counts in, four counts out. You can do this while you're standing at the till waiting to pay for something. You can do this while your mother is disapproving of the way that you are doing something. You can do this while doing something that is causing you to feel flustered or overwhelmed. So breathing rhythmically and evenly. So not, but 
an even breath in, an even breath out. And then focusing on your heart, on the organ of your heart, as if you are breathing in and out of your heart. So breathe rhythmically and evenly and through the heart every day. The more we practice breathing like this, the more we can shift our physiology. Our anxiety lives or our overwhelm or our flustered frustration lives in a heart rate pattern that is chaotic and all over the place. But when we breathe like this, we create a coherent heart rate pattern that allows us to be calmer, allows us to choose how we want to feel. Then you can say, okay, I'm now calmer. I'm not so overwhelmed. What do I want to feel about Christmas? What do I need to think about that makes me feel good, that makes me feel excited, that makes me feel energized about this? And you can shift into a different way of thinking. It just gives you a bit more space to think differently and to feel differently. Yeah, so when you've done this for a minute or two, find that space to then, while you're thinking and feeling differently, choose a different response to the situation. Do I want to feel happy here? Or do I want to feel calm? Or do I want to feel compassionate? (laughs) When I think back to last year's Christmas Eve dinner, I remember feeling this huge pressure to perform. I worked so hard all day to get everything set up. And I remember my mum, who has done this many, many, many times before, asking me if I had thought about where I was going to heat up the butternut. And in that moment, we had just had to move the entire table inside. Someone was asking me for a glass or a drink. I was flustered. The last thing I wanted to hear was that the butternut needed somewhere to be heated up, mostly because I hadn't thought about it and I felt like I was failing. And quite frankly, I probably could have heated the butternut up in the heat that rose from my body in that moment. When I felt this kind of mix of of disappointment, of irritation with her, of failure, of anger, of of goodness knows what else, as the story in my head just whirred around that I hadn't done enough, that I hadn't thought of everything, that my mum didn't approve of the evening, that I wasn't enough, et cetera, et cetera, whatever else was going on in that moment in my head. And, oh, that was one of the moments where I just longed for it all to be over. I just wanted to curl up in a ball in bed and not actually face the rest of Christmas. And now that I look back on it, I thought a lot about what I wanted and how I could have felt differently about it all. And I think that probably what I wanted was for my mum to affirm the evening, to praise me for it, to tell me what a good job I had done. And she didn't do this, not because I hadn't done a good job, but because she has done this for so many years that she knows exactly what needs to be done. And also she is way more aware of food and what needs to be done around food than I am. Because when I have a dinner party, when people arrive for the dinner party at my house, the food goes out the window. I just want to be with the people. The food is not important. But for her, food is important. And how people are experiencing the food, that's what makes the evening. And actually, we're a great team because I focus on the people, she focuses on the food. And in that moment, she was just focusing on what needed to be done and actually being helpful rather than telling me that I was a failure. So what could have been different in that moment? 
I think I could have probably been a little bit more grateful to my mum. Instead of seeing this lack of consideration for the butternut as a failure, I could have carried out that breathe skill. I could have decided that next year I will remember to put a place to heat up the butternut on my list of things to do. And I also could, I think, have noticed that I think it was probably hard for my mum in that moment not to be in control, but to also be seeing that there were things that need doing and to have to manage her own anxiety around handing over the baton of the Christmas Eve dinners that she has done for the last 40, 50 years. And so this point brings me to a point I want to make as I wrap up here. I think that Christmas, along with much of life, all of life actually, is about relationships. It's about sharing the joy of life with those around us, whether this be in the office, whether it be at home, whether it be at school, or with our immediate family, or with extended family and friends. Anything that is getting in the way of a relationship, whether that be with others, or even your relationship with yourself, where you are feeling something that you don't want to feel, or behaving in a way that you don't want to behave, can be sorted out if we just stop. Notice what the story is in your head that is leading to this. Go back to the vision of Christmas that you had. Was it all about the stuff, the food, the decorations, the expectations that you believe everyone has of you? Or was it about the people, the feeling you had, the joy that this time together brings? I know it sounds cliched, but... As I have said, this life is about relationship. This life is about finding joy in the moments that are in between all the stuff. So take that moment. Picture your holiday. Picture Christmas. Picture yourself at the end of the holiday and get to know how you feel about what has passed in that moment so that you can make it happen and you can enjoy every moment of it. (laughs) Or at least, I mean, as many of them as you possibly can, there are going to be moments where it is hard. But then go and do the things that you need to do to make that happen. Whether it's delegating, letting go of some things, pausing when you feel uncomfortable and depleted. And keep your eye on that goal. Keep your eye on the goal of Christmas as a calm, joyful, happy, restful glorious time where you can celebrate, you can find that rest that we all need when it comes to the end of the year. Have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you next week where we will be in December. Isn't that bizarre? It is a real honor and a privilege for me to spend this time with you sharing what I have experienced and everything that I have learned. And it can get quite lonely on the side of the mic. So if you have enjoyed this podcast or if you've found anything useful in it, I would so appreciate if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really lets me know that I actually am making an impact, which is the best thing for me. And if you know of any other mums that you think might like this podcast, any mums who are managing it all, so basically all of them, please share this podcast with them so that we can build a village of happy, healthy mums.